Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode comes with a content warning and brushes up against topics that could be triggering for our audience. You'll find specific details in the show notes. Please take care when listening. Welcome back to another installation of WA Expose, a podcast about local arts by local artists. I'm your host, Aria Scarlett, with the immense privilege of recording this podcast on Wajak Nungabuja. Today's guest, Google SEOs, are doing their job as her name beats out the cocktail equivalent. Through competitions, hard work, and being ever-present in the community, they have quickly established a solid footing in the local scene. A spicy cocktail of curves and charisma and a founding member of Young Buds Burlesque, today's guest is the long-awaited, highly requested other half of Mixed Punch, Ronnie Run Punch. How are you, Ronnie? Oh, I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me. You're, of course, incredibly welcome. Um, Yes, so we'll, like, tick that box off straight away. Obviously, you are the other half of Mixed Punch. Yeah. Um, well, I like to say I'm two-thirds of Mixed Punch. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's so good. But you're an incredible performer in your own right, and that's why you're here as a soloist yeah. today. So, for you, why burlesque? Why burlesque? Like, I knew this question was coming, and I've forgotten everything. <laughs> why burlesque? Uh, for me, personally, I grew up dancing. Jazz, tap, ballet, acro, hip-hop. Loved it. Wasn't very good at it. Yeah. Um, that doesn't really matter. It doesn't. But, yourself. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you danced growing up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure you know and other people will know if they did it as well. When you're not good, they let you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they tell you. You know about it. Yeah. Um, so while I enjoyed it, it wasn't always the best time. Mm. Yeah. It was a lot of... Well, I really love doing this. So why, like, why aren't I getting out of it what I want, which is to perform and have fun? Yeah, and the, all the energy you're putting into it is just not feeding back to you at all. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I danced up until I was about seventeen, and then on and off since then. And then in 2017, Sugar Blue Burlesque came to Geraldton, where I was living at the time, mm-hmm. my hometown, and I went to watch it, and I was. I just thought, oh, my God, I want to do this. Um, Yeah. Was there anything about what you saw that, like, made it click for you? Was it, like, the different styles of dance or, like, what was it for you? I think it was just seeing these performers. uh, Every act was so different. So I can't remember exactly who was there. It was, I'm trying to remember now. It was Penelope Pop, Sugar Duchess, uh, Lula Liqueur and Fifi Fontaine, I'm pretty sure. Oh, my God, what a good lineup. I know, right? <laughs> very good. And obviously they all have very different styles, very mm. different characters, and that's what I saw shining through, like, their own characters, and you could just tell that they loved it. I remember listening to Sugar's episode, Sugar Du Jour, <laughs> and she said, you'll know if, they, if they're not enjoying it, you yeah, know. Yeah, very. <laughs> um, but you could just tell they were just living their best lives up there, and I think that's what made me think, I want to do that. Yeah. Um, 
So I moved to Perth in 2018, uh, actually end of 2017, but it took me until May 2018 to start taking classes because um, might need to put a trigger warning at the start of this. I thought I had to change my body first. Yes. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then it got to May. My body hadn't changed, but I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to go have fun, take a class, do my little beginner's class. Um, was there something that had changed mentally for you to take that next step or was it just sort of like, I can't keep waiting forever? Yeah, I think it was just, why? Why wait? Mm. Just do it now. Yeah. And so I did. And I had my very first class with Veruca Sauer. Legend, yes. (laughs) And up until then, I I didn't have a big knowledge of burlesque, obviously, at that point, going into my first beginner's class. I thought you had to be the most beautiful, stunning, like, statuesque person on stage. (laughs) So then to do a class with Veruca Sauer... (laughs) <laughs> dismantled like all of your views on it yeah. which is really kind of good because it's what you needed at the time because mm. you're saying that like you went into it initially being like I have to be become somebody else before I'm allowed to be on mm. this in this space and Veruca really is an example of somebody who's like nah fuck that just get up here yeah. I was like wow I can make stupid faces on stage yes <laughs> I can do these dumb things with my body and be sexy mm. um yeah so that was a big thing and halfway through my beginner's course was the Miss Burlesque WA competition. Mm-hmm. And I said to my little beginner friends, I was like, we should all go. And oh. so the group of us all went together. It was such a cute time. And that was the moment, like seeing all these different genders and body types on stage where I was like, yeah, this is it. I'm in the right place. Yes, that's yeah. so good. So up until then, your experience with like viewing burlesque had been for want of a better word, more like a stereotypical, like, um, westernized style of beauty. Mm, yeah, I think I still had, like, that dancer's brain on, like, yeah. this is how you have to look. Mm. Like, you have to do burlesque a certain way, I guess, but you don't. Yes, completely. <laughs> so even though you were seeing other people in different body types and all of that good stuff, your brain was still going, no, no, we've still got unresolved trauma here. So, yes. like, we're still going to kick back into old mode. Yeah. But mixed burlesque changed all that for you? Yeah, definitely. Amelia Kisses was a big inspiration for me. She's incredible. Oh, I love her so much. Um, yeah, not to like put her down to one thing, but seeing a plus size performer, mm. like someone whose body looked like mine was just so eye opening to me. I was like, oh my God, she can do this and I can do this yeah. and be celebrated for it. Um, so I had a really big full circle moment recently at the Mixed Burlesque WA competition where I got to back up dance for her. Um, I was just going to say, yeah, yeah, that's so that good. was amazing. What a lovely little full circle. That's yeah. what's so great about like, sometimes being in a more isolated community is that you do get to like meet these people and have those experiences with them where it's like, not only did I idolize you two years ago, but now I get to stand next to you. And how cool is that? Yeah, it's so bizarre. <laughs> oh, I love this community. So after your first viewing of Mixed Burlesque with all like the newbies together, what was your next step to go like, okay, now that I know I can do it, how do I do it? Well, I think I kept taking classes um, and just threw myself into the community. Uh, Whenever I did a show, I would say like, do you need a stage kitten? I will kitten. (laughs) They probably got really annoyed with me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Ronnie, fine. You can kitten. Well, picking up somebody else's clothes is a great way to meet them later because you're like, you can't have your undies back. Yeah. Can you say hi to me? <laughs> That's actually how I joined the Sugar Blue Bear. That's ah, true. There we yeah, go. there we go. <laughs> you can't Fine, have, you your can have your costumes back. back. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, only if you let me be a part of this world. Yeah. <laughs> Very little mermaid of you stealing all their stuff just to like try and get a peek in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much it. 
Um, yeah, just throwing myself into the community, kittening, uh, taking lots of classes, taking different classes as well. I tried going to Lady Velvet, um, just seeing different people's styles to try mm. and find what felt right for me. Yeah. Yeah. Did you find, like, um, I think a couple of people have said it before that, like, being only at one school or only with one teacher even um, can really, like, narrow your perspective on what the dance form can be? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I always say to my students, like, I love you, but you need to go and take classes with other people as well mm. if some of my students are starting to get into that position now where they're becoming soloists and... Yeah, I, I will always recommend like taking other teachers' classes, even just branching out, taking other like styles of dance, if that's your thing, reaching out, going to theatre, yeah. theatre classes, singing classes, whatever you want. Find what makes you unique, what you love to do and, yeah, work on that. Oh, that's good. And then you can always come back. Like no one's saying you can't come back. Yeah. <laughs> come back and enjoy the thing later. Uh, so... Yeah, hang on. So we're trying to get you like on the stage. You're stage kittening. You're like really involved in the scene. You're going to a million, billion shows. And then you become part of the troupe. Does that happen pretty seamlessly or what happens there? Um, well, I feel like 2021 was a really good year for me. <laughs> good, was, say it. <laughs> yeah, I was very lucky and I was getting a lot of gigs at the time. Um, performing for a lot of queer audiences as well. Mm. Like I did... Berlez, Cherry Bomb, um, had the privilege of performing for Justin Sider, opening their show, yes, Dickless. Oh, such a great show. I love Justin. Um, yeah, a lot of people, well, it is it is work. We all do the work, but mm. I do believe a big part of it is luck as well. Yes, completely. Yeah. I actually really appreciate you saying that because it can be um, a lot of people and a lot of artists, especially throughout Perth, everybody's grinding and you can't mm. just like, it's one of those things you can't just be like, well, hustle harder, work more. It's like, well, I can't. That's the thing, <laughs> yeah. You could be like the, the hardest working person, the mm. most talented person. People aren't obliged to put you in their shows. Totally. It is yeah. luck. Um, not to say that, not to undermine anyone's hard work, of course, um, but if the right person sees you at the right show, they're going to want to put you in their show. Yeah. It's it's luck. <laughs> and if they had a week off that week but they went to the show the week before, then they're mm. not going to see you. And like it's, yeah. it's all it all falls into place differently for different people. And I think yeah, that's definitely. one of the really cliche lines where people go, you're all on your own journey. And it's like, well, you kind of are. Because for some people it will happen in 10 years. Some people it won't happen, whatever it is to you. And some people will happen next week. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> um, yeah, so I had um, a very good year. <laughs> and I remember saying to Amelia Kisses back when I was starting to take classes, um, like, how did you make that transition from student to treat member? Mm. And she said, you won't even know they're looking at you until they ask you. Oh. And that's exactly what happened. That's really weird. <laughs> yeah. It's like being scouted for like um, a football team or something. It's like mm. they're always there, but you don't know they're looking at you. Yeah. Or like you hear about these people getting picked up like in super, like in shopping malls, getting <laughs> scouted for like talent shows. I was like, just here to buy yes. bread. <laughs> I love that they made a football reference. I'm sure that that goes over really well with all of the people who listen to this. It's yeah, like not sports. Work. Yeah, yeah, sports. Sports ball. Sports ball people. Yeah, great. Cool. Good, um, good for me. So they approached you when you were buying bread or something, right? Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Um, no, I had a – so Mel Adoradaria messaged me. She's like, I want to chat to you. Oh, creepy. So if you're not sure, Adoradaria is like the big boss lady of yeah, Sugar Blue who I lives in it. London. Never met her. Um like have talked to her a few times, mm. um, but I was like, oh my gosh, what is happening? And 
yeah, she said, would you like to join the troupe? And I think my first reaction was, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> how did, okay, hang on. How did, how does that work? How did like she get across everything that you do from the other side of the world? I think, um, the, everybody's watching. Mm. Everybody's watching everyone. I think she probably had conversations with some of the troupe members. Yeah. Yeah. So we're all watching. We're all keeping tabs on everyone. I know, it is. Terrifying. Oh, my God. You can't let your guard down. Mm. Yeah, well, I think at the time, well, I was still taking classes. I still Mm. do to this day. I love still learning from everyone. But at the time, I was about to start a new term with Lucy Lovegun. And Adora was saying, like, Lovegun will take you under her wing. Like, she'll let you teach, like, take over the warm-ups and things. If you stay back, she'll... Um, just give you some coaching and feedback and things like that. Cool. And I remember doing that class and I did do a lot of their warm-ups and then we would stay back and talk about, yeah, she just like give me feedback on things, how she thought I went, how, like things to expect mm. about going to the troop. The other people in the class were probably like, what is going on? <laughs> oh, right, of course, because it's not just like some big known thing. You're almost Yeah, it getting, was a secret like, at that time. Yeah, you're like getting teacher's pet. <laughs> yeah, probably. They were like, <laughs> Ronnie's always doing the warm-up. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, like, part of me would be like, why are you always doing the warm-up? The other part would be like, well, no, I pay to be here. I don't want to do the – I don't want to teach. <laughs> I already paid my fee. I want someone to teach me. Yeah. So I hope they were okay with me, like, <laughs> doing that. Uh, it's in the past. Yeah. <laughs> it's over, it's it's over now. It's all good. Everyone knows what you've done now, so. Yeah. I remember some people who were doing that class, like, after it got announced, being like, oh, yeah, that's con- why you were helping out a lot. Yep, context is king. <laughs> it wasn't just teacher's pet. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, that can be, I mean, do you yeah. think that, like, have you ever done classes, like, before that moment where you'd seen other people who were obviously, now that now you know, being, like, trialed, whatever word? Not really, now that I think about it. Yeah? Yeah. Interesting. I think, um, like, you would always see students who would just put themselves forward, like I mentioned, for kittening and things hmm. like that. Um, actually, now that I think about it, so delicious. <laughs> ah, okay. So you, you did see it happen before it yeah. happened here. Yeah. Well, Soda, um, has had a huge year as well. Like she's recently joined the troupe, but before that she was doing, she was learning the ropes of stage managing. So she'd always be there, like following the stage managers around, learning everything. And now she's stage managing shows on her own. Yeah. Massive shows. Yeah. yeah pretty cool okay yeah it happens everywhere we just don't know it we just don't know about it (laughs) (laughs) so once you're a part of the troupe and you've gotten a bit more footing thanks to love guns incredible guidance um what's your first troop show do you remember it was stardust lounge at fringe yes wow that is a whirlwind Mm. yeah and i remember being so nervous yeah well like Obviously, you know how Fringe works. We have our meetings like months in advance. Yep. We're starting to talk, to talk about Fringe now. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. 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 I know, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh. Um, yes, I remember having that meeting last year like with the whole team, mm. like planning everything and just think, like saying to them, like, I'm going to need lots of help. I felt like a tiny oh, baby. <laughs> no, it's good that you asked for help though because otherwise it would just it'd be really overwhelming. Mm. But oh, my troop siblings are amazing. They've never made me feel less than mm. what they are as performers. Well, I know, like, we're here for you. We're going to build you up. Yay. Yeah, it's like a little cult. <laughs> <laughs> Back on the cult stuff again. 
It's like a cold. I mean, I don't, I've never been in a cold, but. Yes, from I all your experience. <laughs> yeah, from all my cult experience. <laughs> I've listened to true crime podcasts before. Yeah. Yes, of course, which makes you an expert in cult. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's how I feel about things. I'm like, yes, I know all about Dharma. Therefore, I am. No, hang on. Whoa. Let's like take a step back. No one asked you to do this. <laughs> okay. So you do Stardust. And how do you find that experience? Like, obviously, everybody is like all there for you. Everybody loves you. It's wonderful. You do. It's a solo performance in that as well as like some group numbers. Yeah, yeah, so it was a solo. We were all assigned a planet. I was Venus. Nice. And then we all did like a really fun group number together at the end. Oh. And yeah, so that was my first experience working with the whole troupe. Um, well, not the whole troupe. Not everybody was involved, but yeah, being working with the troupe. Yeah. And yeah, I just had a really great time learning from everyone. Um. Yeah, like I said, they never made me feel like I was, like, the baby of the group. Mm. Like, we were all equal. Yeah, all there to support each other, give feedback wherever needed. Oh, what a lovey-dovey little space. Mm. Cute. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so how, being a part of a troop, which is amazing, obviously, how do you, like, do you have to separate, like, your individual persona from your troop persona, or do you sort of let the two exist at the same time? Um, I think... They just kind of exist at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're very lucky as performers, as treat members for Sugar Blue, we can go out and do our own thing. We're not just tied to that. Like, no, mm. you can't, you can only do Sugar Blue shows. It's not like that at all. Yeah. Um, I think the thing that I've enjoyed most from it though is teaching. Yes, of yeah. course. Um, so when you teach, what do you think that, uh, knowing your experience, um, knowing that your background in dance and everything had sort of a little bit of a shadow on how you wanted to go on in the space how do you try and like stop that with the people who come into your classes mm. well in other <laughs> in the first lesson of every term we'll sit down we call it a little circle of love Aww. we'll go around share our names pronouns and I like to ask especially if it's a beginner class what brought you to try burlesque mm. or what are you hoping to get out of this and I remember my very first class that I ever taught, I shared a bit about my story with my dance background and why I went into burlesque and the safe space that I found in burlesque. Mm. And I found that a lot of my students had the same experience. Yeah. That's really lovely. Yeah, That's it's really been good. so rewarding to to be the safe space for people who are coming yeah. into it. Yeah, especially when it took so long for you to find it yourself. So mm. it'll be like, here it is. Let me put you in here. No wonder you call it a cult. It's like, I'll indoctrinate yeah. you. I'll keep you safe. You will be okay as long as you are here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I've had a lot of students who, yeah, have had that background um, and have had their own internal struggle with their own self-image and body image and struggling to even make it to a class. Um, so it's really nice that I can be that safe space for them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Is it, it must be like really kind of emotionally exhausting though to be that person sometimes because it's hard enough to keep ourselves with our own stuff and keep ourselves together, let alone like provide that to other people. How do you like keep yourself in balance as well? That's a good question. Um, yeah, I, we do try and separate ourselves as a teacher from, uh, so I do try to put myself fully in classes, put myself out there, make myself available. 
Um, but then I make it to clear to my students that outside of class, I might not always be available to them. That's yeah. why we have like Facebook groups where they can put questions in um, so they can communicate with each other as well. So yeah. I'm not just the only one who's communicating with them outside of class. Yeah, totally. I, I adore you, but please don't have my personal number yeah. to call me. <laughs> I don't know if I can take that on right Literally. now. Yeah. yeah, I say to them like, I love you all, but also I have this day job to do and like a personal life. Yeah. It's, it can be hard to balance them all. Yeah, for sure. And you have to look after you. You can't, what is it, that saying where it's like you can't give from an empty cup? Yeah, can't pour from an empty cup. That's it. Yeah. yeah I like, yeah, which I really like because it, there's no point you over giving to people when it's like there's nothing that mm. you're just scraping the edge of the, of the little barrel there trying to give out more and more to people. Yeah. Um, you know what? Now that I've gone blank, let's, <laughs> let's use that moment to throw to ads that will exist at some point. And then when we come back, I really want to talk to you about um, the Perth art scene and how we think we can improve that. Yeah, sure. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And we're back. I'm still joined with lovely, lovely, lovely Ronnie. Um, and we were previously talking about like how you got into the scene of burlesque. But I'd really like to talk about um, your local scene that you now perform in. Also, I want to compare it to Geraldton. I have lots of thoughts in my head. <laughs> but let's start with Perth because that's where obviously you do the majority of your work now. Yeah. Um, how do you find the local art scene? It's great. <laughs> End <laughs> it's, of it's podcast. Quite, it's quite good, <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a lot of people doing like a lot of great work and making sure that their shows feature a really diverse cast. Mm. Yourself, for example. I'll push off. <laughs> bare minimum, guys. Bare minimum. <laughs> no, literally, like, being involved in WA Expose with Minxie and we were, like, side stage watching all the other acts and I was like, oh, my gosh, this cast is amazing. Oh, we had a good, yeah, good. really good cast, yeah. Mm, so thank you. Also, you are such an amazing singer. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, watching you do sing crazy, I was like, how are you even real? I'm not. I'm fake. Okay. This whole yeah. thing's imaginary. Oh, my God. Thank you. But this isn't about, oh, my God, this is not about me. <laughs> You're very good. That was very good. <laughs> so why singing? No. Why music? I don't know how to answer that question. <laughs> exposed. Fully exposed. I don't know how to answer my own questions on WA exposed. Oh, no. <laughs> The next podcast. Yeah, you start the rival podcast. It's like, I'm just going to dissect <laughs> everything that she did this week and <laughs> why it's wrong. Yeah, I'll be spinning those little those little buttons. They, they can't see what I'm doing, but I'm 
pointing to the little. What you're pointing to? Yeah. What do they call this? I don't know. A board. I'm so sorry. There's lights too. on it. Yeah, it's got like lights. There was one time um, when I was sitting here and I was like, I wonder what this one was doing. And Nia, beautiful Nia um, from <laughs> Twerk Them Up, was in the middle of like this beautiful, like passionate speech about uh, where Twerk comes from and the history and the culture. And I was just sort of like, I would literally just fuck around and be like, what does this one do? And it made like, I didn't do it this time, but they make, <laughs> they make like noises. Oh. And I'm like, I didn't know I had a soundboard. <laughs> and then I, that's when I learned it in the middle of her like speech about racism and acceptance. And I'm just like oh, clapping, no. cheering. Oh, no. I mean, that sounds appropriate though. Oh, it wasn't. Oh, it wasn't. No, no. <laughs> it was a really somber, beautiful moment. And I'm just being chaotic over here. <laughs> and then I had to be like, oh, sorry, you got to restart that whole speech. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. That's the peek behind the curtain everyone gets for this week. <laughs> um, I'm not good at this. Uh, the end. But everybody who's listening is already, they already know that. Hang on. <laughs> we're back to you and back in the okay. third scene as well. Third scene. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we were talking a little bit about how there's been like a, ch- a cultural shift, I want to say, mm. in the way people cast their shows, which has been really good to see. What else do you think we could improve on though, where we're sort of falling short at the moment? I think, well, there has been a great start in people hiring diverse cast members but it can always be improved upon. Mm. And as performers, we know. We see yeah. it and we talk about it. Um, yeah, and... Do people just, often turn to you in that space too? Just as a woman of colour, is it just sort of like, well, you have to have the opinion on this thing? <laughs> that has happened before and there has been times where, not so much now because I'm like, well, who cares? Yeah. Um, but... There have been times where I have questioned, am I the diversity hire? Um, I try not to think that way now. And I have seen other people saying, pointing out people and saying like, oh, were they the diversity hire? Why didn't I get that role? Um, As a white person, they were saying things like that. And the thing is, I know, the thing is, if they were the diversity hire, even if they were, Mm. you wouldn't even be considered for that spot. Yeah. So they didn't take anything away from you. And how is it a bad thing to have that diversity? I I myself wouldn't be here if probably, I mean, to this level, I probably wouldn't be performing if I didn't have that representation. Um, So I mentioned Amelia earlier, also performers like Malika Moon as a um, person who's a bit of a, a, who's a plus size performer and a person of colour. And Chloe the Cocaine and Sugar Du Jour, like these beautiful performers, uh, big inspirations for me. Sugar Blue did a – sorry, I'm just rambling now. <laughs> that, that, is, that is totally what podcasting is. <laughs> they are rants and rambles and we love to hear them. Please keep going. Sugar Blue, uh, maybe a year ago during Pride Month, did spotlights on certain performers and I was lucky enough to be one of them. And I talked about my experience as – a queer person in a straight passing relationship mm. and how I am still performing on queer stages. Yeah. Which has been an amazing experience. And it's never been performers who have made me feel like I don't belong there because I'm in a straight passing relationship. Mm. And after they posted that spotlight, that article, I had – um. AFAB performers coming up to me and saying that I inspired them as 
they themselves queer performers in straight passing relationships. I was like, oh my gosh, that's why I do it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that representation in all forms is so important. The idea that um, you're owed something in any artistic pursuit is such a toxic, mm. that's a toxic little seed that seems to embed, unfortunately, in people when they see a lineup that doesn't include them, especially as the burlesque scene here in Western Australia has like, it's exploded in the last like 24 months, I think. Like it's just like the amount of people mm. who are partaking and doing solos and all things that I, I love to see, but I'm not a burlesque performer. So I'm like, yes, more, more, more. <laughs> Do it. Everybody get on there. <laughs> but I'm not directly competing with anybody. Not that, is that the right word? No, it's not. <laughs> I'm going to keep it I know there though, what you mean, it's though. Like, that's yeah. the feeling that surrounds it, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but you have to sort of get to that point where you look at other performers and you go like, well, this wasn't it wasn't a competition because mm. we're not the same and we don't do the same acts and that's okay. <laughs> and yeah. I don't need to be on every lineup and that's fine. Exactly. And I think a lot of the newer performers are coming into it. There's a lot of dancers who are coming onto the scene now. Mm. And so I have seen some of my own students looking at these performers and saying like, why can't I move like that? Like why I can't do what they're doing. And unfortunately that is stopping some people from trying. Mm. Um, and you don't have to be a dancer. You don't have to do backflips. You don't have to do the splits. You don't have to do any of that. You just have to do you. Mm. Um, Minx is a really great example for that. Yeah, she, she, <laughs> she can't dance at all. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> she it. had she had no dance background. And she keeps up just as well as the people who do have that background. Yeah. Um, but not saying that you have to pick up that skill to be a burlesque performer. If you find what works for you and what you want to put out there, maybe that is dance. Maybe that is something you might need to work a little bit more on if that's what you're passionate about. Um, but it's not the be all and end all. Yeah, completely. Mm. When it comes to um, all of that, maybe it is really important for people to know their burlesque history um, because if they do know their burlesque history, then they'll understand that it's a parody. Mm, and exactly. so none of everything matters and also nothing matters yes. all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so much good just like, you said so many good things, <laughs> so many good and wonderful things. And I'm like, how do I pick apart and like decide where we want to go next? Um, oh, that's right. Uh, so you did touch a little bit about being in a straight passing relationship, um, occupying queer spaces. Mm. How was that something that you began to feel comfortable with? Because it sometimes can be like, do I belong here? Am I allowed here? I think fake it till you make it is such <laughs> a... <laughs> Just put yourself in those spaces and, be, and say, well, I'm here. Mm. Oh, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Um, how did I get into that? I think, well, my partner has always known that I was bi. And I think in the burlesque community, actually, I remember the first person I came out to in the community was uh, my friend Tallulah Titsberg, who is um, also a queer woman. She's a lesbian. Um, at the time, she identified as bi. And I remember we were going into our first Pride together, just going out, little babies. And, or maybe prior to this actually, because she obviously knew by then. But I mentioned her, I'm bi. And she's mm. like, oh, me too. And that was it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's that easy. Um, so I was very lucky to just feel like I was in a safe place. Mm. And... um. I won't mention anyone by name in case they don't want to be spoken about, but some of my peers in the burlesque community who have been doing it a lot longer than I have who are queer 
have said it hasn't always been like that. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So do we think that that's like not a, more of a recent addition to I think the so. space? Yeah. What a good thing to add. <laughs> I know. I um, I made like in conversation made a joke like, oh, yeah, no, we're all gay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this person I was speaking to was like, yeah, but it hasn't always been like that. It hasn't always been a safe place. And um, this person has been in the scene for maybe 10 years. Mm. Um, so it was really interesting to hear how it has changed over time. And we are so lucky that it is the safe place it is today. And now we're seeing these like queer youth come into the scene, like straight out of high school, which is terrifying to me that because I'm terrifying. like, oh my gosh. It makes me feel really <laughs> I feel old. so old. <laughs> Not even old. I'm turning 30 this year. Like, it's fine. You're fine. You're so fine. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Uh, oh, queer, little baby birds. Oh, uh, little, little, little baby babies. queers. Yeah. Coming yeah. on in. Coming in and finding that safe space. And like, that's why we do it. Mm. That representation again. So are you actively like thinking about it when you create an act or is it just like uh, any act I make is queer because <laughs> I'm in it? <laughs> I I do have an act in the works that I was telling Minxie about last night actually that <laughs> I was like this is the gayest I've ever been. <laughs> <laughs> um, so keep an eye out at Fringe. Oh, oh, yes. oh we are plugging 600 oh, months I in d- advance. I, hate, I, hate. I don't know. Like it's very early days <laughs> <laughs> but I just had an idea for a routine. I was like. It's very gay. You were just on the mixed burlesque stage as like the love interest um, oh, for the handover yeah. act too. So that was like a beautiful queer moment as well. It was. I don't know if that was the intention, but it was for me. Like I was like, oh, yay. Yeah. Oh, How do you find um, doing that with Love Gun? Um, well, Love Gun and I have also made out on stage before in Kalgoorlie for PIBF. Great. Um, yeah, I don't know if you saw that uh, Freya Valkyrie routine. Um, it ends in the big orgy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Mm. So the storyline for that one was she is Freya and Minxie Milva and I were her cats. And then, but also she was um, fucking the cats. Am I allowed to say that? I she saw. fucked the cats. She fucked the cats. <laughs> facts. We are dealing only in facts here. She fucked the cats. She fucked the cats. Yeah, straight facts. And yeah, that routine just always ends in a big orgy. So yeah, I think I was talking to Love Gun about this. And sometimes uh, when we want to do collaborations with other performers, <laughs> the question might come up, how can I make out with my friends on stage and make it art? <laughs> Hi, I'd like to make out with these people. I'm going to call it a routine. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if we just made out? Yeah, really funny. On stage? Hilarious. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I don't know if that answered your question. I was asking about working with Love Gun for the mixed burlesque uh, routine for her handover act. Um, this, oh, I don't know, when this comes out, a thousand years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was quite a quick turnaround. Um, but I feel that working with Love Gun and working with other performers in the scene, it, it, it there's no like expectation of, no, I do have to dance with a male performer because I am a female. It's just... Have fun with your friends. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, but as you mentioned, that probably was like really great representation for some people who in who were in the audience that night. Oh, I had a great time. But I had a great time watching the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> I was making a lot of noise. I had a sore throat the next day. It was, yeah. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> yeah, that was a good night. It was a good night. Um, okay, so I'm gonna like 
round up and go back to the very, very beginning now that you've said a, like a lot about your experience and the beautiful works that you've created and, you know, made me feel real good listening to you talk for the last like 40 minutes. <laughs> um, why burlesque? Okay. For me, who, who loves performing, loves dancing, loves putting myself out on there, out there on stage, burlesque was the thing that finally made me feel like I could do anything. It's so open-ended. Um, sorry, you're just making such a cute face right oh, now. Oh, my this God. Is so beautiful. <laughs> no, I love it. I'm having a nice time. <laughs> yeah, it. I've never felt more empowered than I have since joining the burlesque community. Having that full circle moment of seeing these beautiful performers to now coaching younger performers and helping bring them up, for me, that's why burlesque. Like, it's for me and it's for the queer people, the people of colour, the, the plus size people. Yeah. And have you been able to bring this magical energy back to Geraldton, back home? I did do PIBF in Geraldton last year alongside Minxie. We did our duo. Um, that was such a fun time. Um, but I think the only thing that could make that better would be performing solo in Geraldton. Yeah, because it would have been a pretty surreal mm. moment. Did you know a lot of people in the audience there? Um, I actually didn't. Like there were some people I knew who came up and I mean, if I did and there were people I went to high school with or things like that, they didn't come and talk to me afterwards, <laughs> which is probably good. We didn't, we <laughs> because didn't need I that hate them. Didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Pull out the school right now. No. <laughs> um, yeah, no, actually had, I had a strange moment last night when I was looking through Insta stories and I saw local DJ and performer Project Bex was in Geraldton. And, yeah, just seeing their show in Geraldton, I was like, oh, my gosh, look at it going off. Like, these people look like they're having so much fun. They're not the people that I went to high school with. And then I realised, no, they're not the people I went to high school with. That was 12 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're not the people you went to high school with. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, it's quite interesting. So, I mean, I, I was born and grew up in Kalgoorlie. Um, so when you mentioned it, I had a little giggle <laughs> over here in the corner. Um as I sort of allowed myself to like grow up and change and become a better person, hopefully, fingers crossed, I've sort of kept <laughs> them where they were when I left. Yes. Um, which is almost a, the wrong thing for me to do, the idea that like they would have just stayed in the past while I got to grow up mm -hmm. and I got to become a better person. So I often think about that when it comes to like performing in places that we've left is like you've left and you've kept them where they were when you walked out. Yes. Without giving them the chance to like change. Mm -hmm. So hopefully by the sounds of it, if you like going through Insta stories and seeing everybody have a lovely time at like great events, hopefully that they've gone through a change and are growing up just like you have. Yeah. Have you had the chance to go back to Kalgoorlie now? And no. no, I've never. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> not, not yet. No, I haven't, I haven't had the chance to perform in Kalgoorlie yet. Hopefully. Mm. Hopefully. That'd be terrifying, but it would be fun. Yeah, that's the thing. Like it. The idea of it, and, and I think I'm glad I had Minxie there as well because that is a terrifying thing. And like you said, that you have like an expectation of who's going to be in the crowd mm. and what those people are going to be like. Um, and they're all still 17. Yeah, they're all still 17, <laughs> literally. Oh, and performing on that stage was a really surreal experience mm. for me because that's where I did all my dance competitions growing up on that wow. stage at the Queen's Park Theatre. 
I even graduated from high school on that stage. So it, it had a, a space that emotionally maybe didn't have a great energy for you mm. and you were in, with the help of obviously Minxie, like we're able to put a new energy in the space. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, that was really nice. So, but yes, so everybody listening who's from Geraldton, uh, <laughs> book Ronnie for a solo so we can complete the journey. Yes, please. <laughs> let's like, yeah. let's finish it. Let's like finish this circle. <laughs> On the Queen's, is the Queen's Park Theatre Queen's stage? Park Theatre. Yeah, yeah, on that stage, that's the rules. A uh, whole one-hour act. <laughs> yeah, just, just Ronnie. Just, <laughs> it's called Just Ronnie. <laughs> yeah, that should be that should be the thing. Yeah. And it's only full with people from the class of whatever the year you graduated from. That's the rules. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll adults. take it on the road, yeah. Well, yeah. Coming to you, Fringe 2023. Oh, that's too soon. You mean 2029, I think, is when you have to project something like that for. <laughs> That's, those are the rules now. Everybody's like pre-planned, way too oh, far ahead. I know. It's terrifying. Yeah. If you've oh. not got it together by like uh, next week, it's almost like, oh, too late. Too late. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh. Sticky, sticky, sticky. Okay. We could talk admin, I'm sure, for the rest of the afternoon. But I think um, I think what you've said today is really beautiful. Uh, and from like me listening to your story of just being like, well, burlesque, because it was the safe space I got to be involved in and the safe space that I got to create for other people is just really powerful and passionate. I think it's a really lovely place to end our chat for today. Um, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on the Instas at Ronnie Rum Punch. Actually, it's at Ronnie.rum.punch. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, so that link will be in the show notes. Um, so just scroll down and click on that and follow Ronnie. And I'm sure very, very soon you'll unfortunately, fortunately see all of the great fringe stuff that's in plan for 2023. <laughs> oh, yeah. We've got to go plan that now. <laughs> We've got to end here so we can go plan for Fringe. Yeah, all right. <laughs> and on that note, I'll um, catch you next week for another episode of WA Expose. WA Expose is an independent production. Our artwork was created by Georgia Sassenfeld and our theme music is Corrosive by Aria Scarlett and M. Burrows. You can find out more about the podcast or live shows at ariascarlett.com forward slash WA Expose. Now that, was, that thought wasn't going anywhere. Sorry. No, no. That's Cut fine. that out. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.